Welcome to the Actually Connecting Podcast, where emotions, consciousness, and connecting come first. This is the Actually Connecting Podcast, where emotions, consciousness, and connecting come first. I'm really, really excited to have you on the show. It's, we've been waiting on this for a while, and I think it's perfect timing with everything that's going on today in today's world. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So it is officially March 24th, 2020. And I think that's important just because in the last three weeks, things have changed in a really massive way that's kind of shook people off their core. And it's, in my opinion, this whole connecting thing is really at stake. Consciousness is in the throes of all sorts of emotions. And I just am excited to kind of hear from a certified life coach what some tips, tools, tricks, kind of what you do a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe how we can move into this new era that we're walking into, maybe feeling a little bit safe, stable, and with good guidance, possibly. So the big shoes to fill, Brandy. Okay. So that was, I'm going to try to remember all of that. No, I'll come back to it. Don't worry. Now it's just easy. Brandy Chase, uh, tell us a little about who you are and what you do. Okay, so um, I am a certified life balance coach, and right now I'm mostly working with women, and Mm -hmm. I say balance coach, but really what I feel like I'm coming more into is I'm helping women really start to look at themselves and really start to connect with their inner selves so that, you know, they can really get out of their own way. Uh, That was what was that was what was holding me back. And I find that's what's holding a lot of other people back as well. So that's, that's what I do in a nutshell. Cool. Really cool. And we'll talk about that because I'm, I'm very curious to hear on what actually, what is it that holds women back the most? And I know there's a lot of different pieces and things that go along with that from society to internal mental process. And there's a lot of different things, especially in today's culture, what are you finding is the major reason that pe- people, women specifically, are holding themselves back? So, yeah, with myself included and a lot of the women that I've worked with is a lot of outer focusing. So it's the blaming and the judging and pointing the finger outside of themselves instead of really taking a, a deep look within. So, um it's really a, a hard work to do. Um, uh-huh. I, I just, I find that it's just so much more healing to look at ourselves because we can't change other people. And so we exactly. have to look at ourselves and see what needs to be adjusted there. Exactly. It's so true. And you're exactly right. That inner deep work is very challenging. You have to choose to walk into darkness and that's terrifying. Yes. And choose to own the, you know, to both sides of that. Right. Like, yeah. And, and I think it's so hard. Like we want to push those parts of us away that we don't like, or we don't want to claim and being able to look at that and know that, you know, everybody has those dark sides of ourselves and, and really mm-hmm. accepting that I think really helps them to start to, you know, own that and not be afraid of it and mm-hmm. you know, move forward that way. Absolutely. What is it about women that allows you to target really specifically and other than yourself going through this? What, what's the reason that you kind of focus with specifically with women? 
You know, I think I focus mostly with women because I am a woman and mm -hmm. I think I'm still in the space. I, I don't know that it will always stay that way, but I think I'm still <laughs> in the space of I'm a woman. So I help women. <laughs> I, right. I wouldn't be opposed to working with men. I just feel that's just kind of where I've been drawn to go right now. So mm -hmm. following what feels good. And following the feels, following that, that is exactly what it's uh, your intuition. It tells you the right thing good percentage of the time. Yes. Yes, for sure. I agree. How did you yourself get kind of into this? How did you just, how, have you always chosen to own your stuff? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> How much time do we have? No. <laughs> um, exactly. You know, it, it was really interesting. I I had kind of a a an uncomfortable childhood uh, with lots of dysfunction, and um, I, I I made this commitment to myself that as a young child, like I I was just going to be happy. Like I didn't care what it took. Wasn't going to do. Um, you know, raise my kids and my family the way my parents did. And I was just going to be happy. Like I was going to find a new way. And I like made that commitment at a young age. And then I went on with my life and, um, you know, met my husband now. And mm -hmm. we, I have an older son from a previous marriage. And then we have two boys together. And I really just started pretending, which I think a lot of us do, that life was perfect. As long as like everything looked perfect, then life was perfect mm -hmm. and there was no, um, nothing wrong, you know, nothing to really look at or work on. And um, I think when things get uncomfortable, then life starts, it starts showing you. And just like right now with the pandemic, right? We're all getting mm -hmm. really uncomfortable and anything that was already bubbling at the surface is like spilling out because there's, it has nowhere else to go. And so uh, my oldest son, I still had some traits from my childhood, right? Which was a lot of controlling ways. And I basically pushed him out the door with my controlling ways to go live with his dad. And I think mm. that was my first, one of my first wake up calls um, was that happening. And I, I just, I was devastated. It, it broke my heart to like, watch that and I didn't know like what else to do. I didn't have the tools. I didn't know it was me. I actually thought it was him and his dad. I totally blamed mm -hmm. them. And mm -hmm. it wasn't until uh he was diagnosed with cancer about a year and a half later. And I I finally had to get a coach because I'd done a ton of therapy and it it helped me, but I was still like stuck, right? Like I don't ever remember a therapist uh, helping me see myself the way the coach did. Maybe I, I wasn't ready to look at myself yet because I think we have mm -hmm. to be at that point too. And mm -hmm. so I hire a life coach after he's diagnosed with cancer. He comes to live with me for a little bit and he thinks he's better. And he goes back to live with his dad because he thinks he's better. And we find out he's not. And I just call this life coach and I'm, I'm just bawling. And I'm just like, I don't even know if you can help me. <laughs> you know, wow. like, I just, I don't yeah. know what else to do. And so I, that's what really started this journey is I started working with her. And I, I went in there with all my complaining and blaming, right, about them and mm -hmm. all the things that they were doing to me and how terrible they were and this and that. And uh, just 
And she finally actually, she actually yelled at me, Dan. (laughs) 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 Which is probably what I needed at the time. But she yelled at me um, explicits of she didn't care what they thought (laughs) or what they said or what they did. And it like really rocked me where I was like, oh my gosh, it doesn't really matter what they're saying or what they're doing or what they think of me. I'm, I'm the one like letting it get to me and I'm the one giving them all the power. Right. And that was like a light bulb. And so that began my journey. Um, so, uh, you know, through then I, a, a couple months later, so that helped me to be able to start communicating with them. And then a couple months later, um, after that happened, uh, I was also diagnosed for, with cancer. So six months after Whoa. my son's diagnosis. Yeah. So that was interesting. Um, and I continued to work with her. So uh, he was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, stage three. And then I was diagnosed with stage four uh, breast cancer. And that uh, rattled me some more, as you can imagine. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I think when in, in coaching and probably therapy too, but I can speak for coaching for sure. Like we have we have levels of where we're at and what we need. And so at that time, then I was in like survival mode and I just needed somebody to like hold the space for me and like hear me out and hear my thoughts of, you know, am I going to die and what's going to happen to my kids and and all of this. Right. Um, so um, I made it through that and I'm healthy now. And so it's wow. Congratulations. How's that feel? Yeah, it feels pretty amazing. I, it's been long enough now. Um, this was 2017 that I was diagnosed. It's been long enough now that uh, most of the trauma, the PTSD mm-hmm. <laughs> has, mm-hmm. has wore mm-hmm. off. I, I say most of it because I don't know that that will ever be completely mm-hmm. gone because I think we're always a work in progress, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're not used to having someone tell you that the thing that is so scary that everyone's scared and worried about is now for you. That's your story now. Yeah. That's a whole different level of acceptance, acknowledgement, fear. Oh, yeah. And then to, to very quickly, it sounds like, and I, I say that relatively in the sense of two or three years, are now feeling like that healthy. And it shows how powerful you are on both sides. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was, it was, a. it's been a journey. I mean, he, after I was diagnosed, I, I don't know if you can even imagine what that dynamic was like of him living back with his dad. And in a, in a way it was like almost perfect because I could now only focus on getting myself better. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I thought mm-hmm. I was the one that should be taking care of him, I thought I was the one that should give his bone marrow transplant donation. You know, I thought I was, so there was a lot of lessons in like getting the hell off my, excuse my French, off the pedestal Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I got so high upon. So yeah, there was lots of, lots of looking at myself. (laughs) Of course. And then being sick, you know, what else are you going to do? It's kind of like this pandemic right now. Like we're just sitting here, like we just have to sit in here inside of ourselves and like see what's bubbling up for us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. May, may I ask just cause I know we spoke about it a little bit before, but I feel it's important for the audience and for the listeners to understand as well. 
Do you feel safe and stable where you're at currently? I do. I do. Okay, good. I'm really glad. You know, if I can add something to that, I think the reason yeah. that I feel safe and stable right now, even though there's other emotions that are coming up, is because mm-hmm. I've done a lot of my work. Exactly. Right? I agree with you 100%. Yeah. How, what has that work been that you, has led you? Because now you've, I see that you've gone through some pretty serious medical stuff, mm-hmm. which is really traumatic and very scary for the inner psyche. And it feels very similar, in my opinion, to having a pandemic go around you, mm-hmm. but it's just a different internalized, externalized perspective. Yeah, I've actually compared it to that a lot. Wonderful. Uh, I'm so glad to hear that. How, what's that look like? Uh, my own work. So um, after all that happened, I decided that I wanted to change career directions. I promise I'm getting to your question. So I um, oh, no. went to coaching school. So coaching school, although I worked with a coach and I thought like I'd done so much work, you know, with her, I'd only worked with her for a year and then I was sick during that time. I, I thought I was like, mm-hmm. ready to like help other people. <laughs> and so I joined coaching school and, and that taught me that um, I'm never going to be done with this work. And there's mm-hmm. so much. Um, so, so I learned a lot of tools. So through coaching school, I learned mm-hmm. the tools. I was also assigned a, a coach we were to work with a coach for, I believe it was eight sessions. And then I ended up working with her for about 18 months total. And uh, we did a lot of deep work. So a lot of looking at myself and noticing like when I was projecting onto other people. So mm-hmm. noticing when I was like thinking it was somebody else, that that's where that blaming comes in and learning how to like turn into myself and see what that is about me. Um, perspectives work really just like trying to look things from a different perspective and um, mm-hmm. on my own a lot of gratitude lots of gratitude that really, mm-hmm. I feel like helped me get through um, the cancer and heal a lot of that and then a lot of just like digging and being really brave and wanting to look at anything that came anything and everything that was coming up for me right like it's like in whatever's happening with us now is like linked back and then being willing to go back and do that work. So some inner child work and um, mm. I've done some other woo woo stuff like shamanic journeying mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. some energy healing and things like that. But mm-hmm. I'm just, I am like 100 and I'm just so passionate about this. I'm 150% committed to constantly working on myself and looking in the mirror and knowing what it is with me that I need to evolve next. And not that I can't accept who I am and where I am today, but like just being open and willing to look at myself and work on this and Mm -hmm. others with that. Did Mm -hmm. I answer your question? (laughs) It did. So I'm going to run through it again because I think it's really important. You answered it in so many different ways. I really want to kind of just clarify what I heard. And I find that it worked very similar to myself as well. You were personally experiencing, you were blaming and projecting others. That was the main, that was a root core that you were, the habit that was going back very easily for you, right? By bringing in new perspective and by choosing the words that you decide to speak, being gratitude and being a lot of these positive uh, procedures almost through words Mm -hmm. in addition doing the inner child clearing which 
we can come back to that because I would love to hear what kind of inner child clearing you did mm -hmm. along with some shamanic journeying, energy healing, which is very much inner child work. And then, and it sounds like mirror work, yeah. you were able to really find a balance within yourself mm -hmm. and that balance led to your life, business, family, and it just grows, spreads, and it's like a flame. And it's such a cool thing. I have a very similar journey to that process. And it was what for mine, instead of projecting, it was anger, yeah. anger, rage, instead of that habit hitting that or instead of the blame because mine also came from projecting when i really did the look i'm not angry at anyone but myself mm. and i'm really mad at myself because i'm just projecting everything else out outward and that's just my tell that's a pretty interesting discovery and honestly that inner child work was that one of the first steps that opened it all up what did that look like for you wow um well i think it started no it didn't I, I, lots of journaling and like linking back. So like, what am I experiencing today? You know, when, when do I remember experiencing, experiencing this as a child? And then what did I need at that time? So journaling through that, working through that with my coach. Um, and then there was also uh, the shamanic journey was, I feel like was a form of inner child work. Because so my mom was an IV drug user and mm -hmm. I, I had this like really huge attachment to her addiction and trying to fix her. And it was a big thing that was holding me back. A lot of the work I have done is around my mom and my oldest son who, you know, I projected on a lot. Um, and so working with this, um, with the lady that did the shamanic journeying with me, and figuring out that I, this, this attachment that I had to her addiction was um, this role that I took on as a young child, like when my parents divorced at like two and a half, that I had to be her protector. So, wow. and how or why I would think or know that at two and a half, like intuition is the only thing I could think of. Right. Like how, mm -hmm. how, would I, of course. how would I know that? And so I took on this role and so with my shamanic journeying, I went to, um, you know, I went down, we went into one of the rooms and I like found the time that I took on the role and uh, we had a conversation. <laughs> and then uh, sometimes it's, I laugh because it's like other people that may not have done this may think it's silly, but it's so powerful. And then one of the amazing things that happened was the next room that I went in, I had left joy and unconditional love as a part of my soul, like left that there when I took on this role to be her protector. Whoa. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. So I like, um, joined that part of myself again. And like, I swear I heard like my little girl just giggle when that happened. Yeah. The laughter yeah. feels so good. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I did that and you know, what's interesting is, is my mom is still in her addiction and I know she would be okay with me sharing this. She's still in her addiction. Um, not an IV drug user anymore and now it's alcohol. And, um, we, what we've done is I've shared a lot of the work that I've done with her, like what I'm doing and mm -hmm. she's very curious about it. And I, I, I'm not, tied, I'm not tied to her getting better. Um, but I love sharing it with her. She loves hearing about it. And I feel, 
And she feels the same that she's healing through this as well. And so it's really powerful to watch, you know, or to be in this space where before we wouldn't even be able to have a conversation. Uh, She would get really mad at me if I said anything to her. And now we're just very open and we can just talk about it, even though she's still in that space. um, It's, it's like, I would have never even imagined that I would be able to have a relationship with her, even though she's not living up to what my expectations used to be. So it's really awesome. That is wonderful. Yeah. And that's the open communication. I think what I found as well, learning how to overcome some of this stuff, choosing, I think is really important. Uh, it's incredible to see beforehand, before choosing and before, when I was looking at everyone else, mm-hmm. They, the people I was trying to help the most were the ones being more frustrated at my behaviors, who were actually almost being hindered. It wasn't until I did look internal, kind of like what you're talking about, that I started leading by example. Uh And leading by example opened up communication. And that communication and those two things really enacted change. So the only time I ever saw change happen with anyone else was once I was working on it myself. And just going through, I'll use the step-by-step process, sludge, or just the easy ride that it was afterward. Because it really did get easier from not being so dark initially. Yes, it's so true. How hard do we fight, though, trying to change other people? It's so, like, comical, right? So intense. <laughs> Still I know, so do I. <laughs> I have to catch myself. <laughs> <laughs> I have a YouTube channel that I I don't put a lot onto it, but it's called The Wisest Hypocrite because I feel like that sums it up pretty much. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's very, very cool. So this whole thing's going on. It's kind of processing through. You've got this really cool process to help people. And it sounds like it's a perfect time for people to be going through this because they've got all this time to sit and think and that's exactly what you need. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's, I mean, this is literally the most perfect time. It, are you, how are you connecting with people with this whole new, I mean, drive throughs are now only drive throughs You know, you can't really go into stores. There's no more connecting the way we're used to connecting. So what are you, what's your plan? How are you kind of navigating it? all? So that's a great question. I, I've actually been virtual for quite some time. My my prior business before this was um, also virtual. And so I'm used to connecting with people online. I um, use Facebook quite a bit. That's probably my, my main um, platform. And so I have a Facebook mm-hmm. group and I do my courses. I do a group programs through the Facebook through a different Facebook group Mm -hmm. and nothing's really changed other than the fact that if I can be completely honest with you is is it's Mm -hmm. kind of strange um being in this place today with where the economy is and where I'm making up stories about where people are (laughs) and making them an offer like it feels different and and I don't know why that it does feel very different and it's, it doesn't make any sense because, you know, nobody's complaining at the grocery store, right? I know that's something really needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. I feel like this is happening because this is the invitation, right? This is mm-hmm. 
And, yeah. and I don't know why, I, I mean, I'm sharing that and I'm talking about that in my Facebook group. It just, it just feels different. Yeah. What have you gotten back on Facebook so far for that, that what you're talking about there? Has anyone commented? No, I'm not getting, uh, it's, it's pretty quiet. Like it's yeah. quiet. Right. I had a feeling I genuinely just because we're speaking open and honestly about it, and this is the place to do it. I had a vibe about even doing this podcast today because it was, is it even appropriate? Is, is it too soon for this or for us to be moving or pretending like we're moving normally? And because I've also been remote for so long, it's for me, it's not a huge shift, but asking now clients for whatever is needed feels very different. Cause I don't want to, are you safe? Is everyone okay? Is this going to cut into, you know, there's all these new questions that I've never worried about that are now processing. Right. Yeah. Like, ah, yes, I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. And and can people afford it? And, and can you afford exactly. I make up, make up all these stories. Um, yeah. I think what we need right now is structure, right? Like we need I agree. these podcasts I agree. and we need, um, people to be showing up as they, you know, maybe not as they normally would, but we need them to show up. Right. Exactly. And the healing still keeps going. You, it, just because the government's like, <laughs> no, we're shutting everything down. Just because that doesn't stop life from living. You still have family stuff. You still have, and it might be family stuff more than ever right now. And I think a lot of times family stuff is what really brings the mm-hmm. inner healing out. I find often because they're the only ones who see you in your stuff yeah. often. Yeah. There's no shutting off the healing or the feeling, right? <laughs> exactly. And that's exactly right. And that, so I, I'm really grateful for you being here today and being willing to talk about this stuff and continuing to help people through this process. Cause I think it really is the most important time as someone who has worked remote before, who understands what this healing feels like, to have someone guide you step by step through, I think is exactly what people need. And I appreciate you being here Thank for it. Thank you for it. having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And that's, it's, uh, it's, an, it's very interesting. Okay. So you connect with people online. It sounds like how do, if someone's listening right now, how do, how do they connect with uh, you? Mostly on Facebook. I have a website and my business is under Serenity. Perfect. Will you say that one more time so everyone can hear it and then maybe spell it out? Yeah, Serenimity, S-E-R-E-N-I-M-I-T-Y. Perfect. And that's serenimity.com? Yes. Perfect. Okay, cool. So social media links are there. You, Everyone can kind of connect with you there. And you still are remote and you can honestly teach people. That's what I do it's for a whole business is teach people how to get on remote. So if you need help getting remote so you can speak with Brandy, let me know. We'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, what? Okay, so now that this whole process is going, what are the emotions you're experiencing most often? I like to ask this question to everyone. And it's a really intriguing question now that everyone's kind of internalized more so than ever. What are the um, most the emotions that you experience on a day-to-day the most right now? Right now during the pandemic, um, with some uncomfortable, like, just like, uh, I'm a doer. And so it's like, kind of like this, just uncomfortable, like nervous energy, um, sadness, 
because I just, I know this is going to have a huge impact on our world. Um, and there's some also some loving energy when I see people reconnect with their families and lots of trusting right now. Like I'm just trusting. Like I know it I may know. seem like this is a really terrible thing and it is a terrible thing, but I believe that we're going to come out better on the other side. Mm-hmm. I have been really aiming because I know, and this is, again, you have to be so careful in today's PC culture to, in the world that we live in. I am genuinely trying to see the this whole illness and the virus as something that's really positive. And I'm not saying that everything that happens to people is positive, but I really am trying to see the positivity because if we can move into this, the word choices, if everyone's using the word terrible instead of optimistic or or uplifting, then I think that energy leads to the left hook instead of the yeah. right hook. And I would much rather choose the positive right hook out of the whole process. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I think faith and believing is so important. If you, if you don't have those two things, I think you are more needed than ever because it sounds like in a lot of ways, for me at least, I found faith through the process similar to what you're talking yeah. about. And I can tell you this, I didn't have a coach through it and it took me a long time. And this is my journey and path. If I would have had a coach through this process, it would have been so much more comfortable and safe, I think, to have those thoughts and feelings. Well, yeah. I mean, how do you know, like you're processing through, you know, like we can tell ourselves so many stories. There's a lot of ways we could get in our own way in that. I'm sure that was a journey for you. Still is exactly, and I will speak afterward as well, just because I'm I'm so curious and to hear kind of more about what you do and and how you do what you do through the process because it sounds like you've got some really cool stuff and some tools that you can yeah work with. I'd love to share. Thank you. What are the future goals for this whole process? So now we're kind of just do you have future goals or is it just let's stay day by day and help anyone who needs the help at the moment? I love that because I, I saw your questions before and I was like, what are my future goals? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's a weird question I, I to immediately ask. Panicked, but then I thought about it and you know, <laughs> something, and, and this is probably, I, I study the Enneagram and I use that in my coaching as well. If you know the Enneagram, I'm a three, that's an achiever. I'm a taskmaster. And um, a lot of my thing, a lot of, a lot of what I work on is the, how I value where I get my value from. Right. I like to seek it from outside places, but I work on that mm-hmm. daily. And so um, mm-hmm. one of the things that is my goal though, is I feel like there is a deeper way that I can help and motivate others. And I'm, I'm still trying to just lean into like what that is. So that's something mm-hmm. I, I know it may not seem like a goal, but that's something I, I've just listening for and um i i do want to write a book and share my story that's really been it's since i was a little girl i wanted to share my story i didn't even know what my story was going to be i thought having a childhood was enough um but um and i I want to speak even though it scares the crap out of me but yeah that's what good for you good for you I think that's wonderful. And honestly, it sounds like now's a good time to maybe write a book. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a very, very dear friend who is an author and her advice for anyone looking to write a book is butt in seat. <laughs> if you just put your butt in the seat, that is the only way a book gets written. 
and I, I've taken it to heart and I really appreciate that advice because it has, it's right. It's, I can think about it and plan it out, but until you sit, sit down. So are you doing it? <laughs> uh, so I am one, yes and no. I say that I'm learning how to reread yeah. again. I have trans, my whole, not whole, I used to read so much and I loved it. And TV came into play. And I became an adult and all of a sudden there was no parents telling me go to bed at 10 o'clock with no TV. So I could watch TV and it's become a thing where I learn so much via the television because of how I watch it and how I utilize it, but I miss the reading process. So this last few months I've been really pro focusing on how to read more books. And then in addition, I will start writing here in the near future, but when when it's ready, you know, same thing. Kind of. As yeah, you we'll have to check in with each with, with each other on. <laughs> oh, I would love a writing uh, <laughs> a writing buddy that we can keep each other yeah, accountable. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> very very good. Um, how can people support you in the process? That you you're supporting so many people. Healers need healers. Doctor Penn tells me that all the time. <laughs> and how do you need the help and support? Yeah, process. if anything that I said resonates with you, then join my uh, Facebook group, which you can link to through my Facebook page. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, comment, like, share, and just show up, show up for yourself. And, you know, that helps any of us who are online is to comment and share and, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very, very good. And I think that's exactly right. Just the more people that hear about it, the better yeah, it is. for sure. Is there one last thing that you can leave if they were going to do one, make one change? Cause it's all about these small micro changes that lead to really big results. Is there something you'd have them think about maybe put into action that will help them lead you, lead them to you through this process? I think my favorite um, tool is when someone triggers you, when someone upsets you, turn inside and look at yourself and see what that is about you not bringing the other person into the mix just look at yourself and see what comes up for you mm -hmm. self-reflection yeah. cool that is wonderful thank you thank you thank you uh brandy chase i appreciate you being on the actually connecting podcast thanks for having me it was fun you're Absolutely. I agree. Thank you. And I think if anyone wants to, to meet with Brandy, please, uh, she's got a wealth of knowledge and I know she'd be so happy to help through some of this, these scary times a little bit and help us move into a positive mindset. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you have any other questions, this is Dan Brew. Go ahead and like and subscribe. I appreciate you guys following. Thank you very much. Okay. See ya. Like what you heard, give it a share. Want to talk about it? Comment or like below. Have a great rest of your day. This is the Actually Connecting Podcast.